0: Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. I'm excited about what I'm going to share with you today. And we're, we're talking about the four mindset shifts of an influencer. And these four mindset shifts are things that I have experienced in my own life, but also as I've worked with leaders in all kind of fields and, and settings and, and varieties of leaders. These are the four mindset shifts that we've had to make in order to go from where we were to where we wanted to be. And I think as we get going, I think that the first thing that we have to do is define what an influencer actually is, right? Like what's an influencer? And if you went to my friend, Google, and you went to my friend, Google, and you typed in influencer, you would get 700 or 274 million results. 274 million results. And here's the definition that they come up with. I wanna read this out to you. An influencer is a person who guides or inspires the actions of others. And um, I like that, that's pretty good, <laughs> that's pretty good. But I wanna give you my definition of what an influencer is. So as we get going today, we'll all be on the same page, and what an influencer is. An influencer is becoming the type of person that other people willfully follow because of who you are and what you represent. It's a leader. It's the beingness of a leader. It's becoming the type of leader other people willfully follow because of who you are and what you represent. And today's the four mindset shifts of becoming that type of leader that other people willfully follow, right? And I, I really am excited <clears throat> to share that, share that with you uh, today. And uh, before we do, though, I think it's important to I guess uh, give you a little bit of my background, give you my story, because yeah, I, I think that'll answer the question of who's this little short guy that has invited me to this webinar and maybe gain some credibility with you as well. So <clears throat> I told you that I am an entrepreneur and I am, I do coaching and training, but my background is actually in the medical field. I am a physical therapist assistant. And my wife and I, we've opened up a couple of physical therapy clinics. We've opened up some gyms and a few other businesses. But I was born and raised in a small town in North Mississippi. And I was raised an early age by my mom and my grandmother. And um, that was because when I was three, my dad, he left and my mom thought she was going to be raising a three-year-old and a one-year-old on her own. But she wasn't on her own. She had my grandmother, and uh, I can still, I can still hear my grandmother's voice to this day. She would say, these two these two grandbaby boys of mine, they ain't growing up to be no sissies. <laughs> they ain't growing up to be no sissies, right? We would be at her house, and she would say, boys, yo, get out here. We'd get up, we'd walk through her house, and we'd go out on her carport, and y'all, she would have her car jacked up. When the driver's side tire laid over and she'd say, Pick it up, put it back on. And I, you know, I'm over there, I'm like five, I'm trying to lift this tire and I <laughs> I can't even budge the tire, I'm five, right? And she would have us in her bathroom with the with the plunger just hovered over the toilet, trying to, you know, unclog this unclogged toilet. There was nothing wrong with the toilet but she was living out that old John Wooden quote where he says, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare, right? She wanted us to be ready for when the tire was flat. She wanted us to be ready for when that toilet was clogged up. And um, my mom and my grandmother, you know, they loved us. They did the best they could, but it was really in that environment that I was programmed to believe certain things. I was programmed to believe things about you, and I was programmed to believe things about me and my potential and what I could and could not do. I was programmed to believe that if you lived in this big old house with the swimming pool and the little twirly twirly slide that goes down into the swimming pool, then that meant something about you. And if you lived in that little bitty old rundown shack, then that meant something about you. I was programmed to believe that if you wore those cool new Jordan shoes, then that meant something about you and your character. But if you wore that Walmart brand with the little Velcro across the top, then that meant something about you. I also was programmed to believe if you went to a certain kind of church, that that meant something about you. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was also programmed with some sayings. Sayings like, you know, uh, you got to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, You don't need to take risks because it's better to be safe than it is to be sorry, yeah. But the saying that really affected me the most was stay humble, <laughs> stay humble. And the reason that affected me the most in a negative way was because I had the wrong definition of what humility really was. See, I thought humility was thinking less of myself and downplaying the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God freely gave me. And, um, several months ago, I heard, uh, Adrian Rogers, Adrian Rogers. He was teaching on humility. And I don't know if you guys listen to Adrian Rogers or not, but he's got some really great stuff. And one of the things that he was saying, he was teaching on humility. And he said, humility is a form of rebellion. Humility is a form of rebellion. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's, that's interesting. And he said, see. Most of us, we've all got these gifts and talents. And most of us think once we let those gifts and talents shine, then that's arrogance. But Adrian Rogers said, no, no, that's not arrogance. That's awareness. And the moment you step in and you don't bring that forward, the moment you step in and you decide to settle for something less and you decide to hold back, then that's rebellion against the gifts that God has freely given you. And I was like, wow. You know, what a, what a ding, ding, ding moment that was. But I, I didn't think like that back then because my definition of what humility was. was. My, my definition of humility was incorrect. And here's what humility really is. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less, right? And I, again, I didn't think like that back then. And it really wasn't until I had a teacher in school. She came up to me. And uh, she challenged me to do something I had never done before. She challenged me to get outside of my comfort zone. And I, 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 I see uh, Danny and Charles and Carl and Tanny and, and uh, Latrice and a couple other people on the call. And, you know, it, it wasn't anything major or big. But I tell you, this lady, this teacher, she was always on my case. She was always on me trying to get outside of my comfort zone. And that's because she could see something within me that I could not see even within myself. And her title was teacher. Really, she's a leader because that's exactly what a leader does. They see talent and potential within other people and they extract that talent and that potential. And what she challenged me to do wasn't anything big or major, Tanny. It it was to run a 5K, a small little fun Run, but I tell you, at that time (laughs) I played high school baseball and football. We did not get up on a Saturday morning for some fun run, right? That didn't make any sense. I I, playing high school baseball and football, we only ran for punishment. But because I like my teacher and I respected my teacher, I decided to go do this race. And I can remember doing this race and crossing the finish line. As I crossed that finish line, they put this little finishers metal around my neck. And this, this thought just whoop, popped into my mind. I just ran three miles without stopping. I wonder how much further I can go. I wonder how much further I can go. And that three turned into six, six turned into 13, 13 turned into 26, and 26 turned into 31. I ran a 31 mile race on the beach, in the sand, in Destin, Florida, and I won the thing first place overall. And after that race, this other thought just, popped into my head that I just ran further than I thought was even possible. Thought I didn't even think you could run that far. I just ran further than I thought was possible. I wonder what other areas of my life might I be holding back in. I wonder how much further I can go. I wonder, What else I can do? And I continue to ask myself that question to this day. That question has led to multiple businesses. One of those, a small little physical therapy clinic in a town of 1,100 people, 1,100 people. In the 2017 we sold that business and at the time of the sale, we were billing out over $2 million a year in a town of 1,100 people and I share that with you because one thing I know about every single person that is on this live Facebook, that is on this webinar is that you have your own unique gifts, your own unique talents and your own unique abilities and this world needs your gifts, your talents and your abilities. This world needs you to be an influencer this world needs you to be an influencer that impacts this world, the world around you, and the world that you're called to in a positive way. And I am going to show you today the four mindsets, the four mindsets in order to do that. So if you're ready, let's jump in. Hey, I need, hey, I need a little bit of feedback. I love live stuff and uh, love, love some feedback. So if you're ready, I need you to put it into the chat. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you going to put it in the chat? Let's see. Put it in the chat. I'm ready. You can give me a little fire emojis or the thumbs up. That's what I'm talking about. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. I'm ready. All right. So number one. Number one, first shift that we have to make is the comparison shift. The comparison shift. And I'll tell you, this comparison shift is actually twofold fold the first one is we have this tendency to compare ourselves to other people right we compare ourselves to other people we'll look at people that are maybe a further down the path than we are maybe they're more experienced um, maybe they're more advanced than we are and we'll look at them and we'll say well I'm not them and we get frustrated or we start to make excuses or maybe we look at people that that we're ahead of maybe we're more advanced than other people we'll look behind us and say well you know what At least I'm not like that Corey Lee guy. (laughs) I know I'm better than that guy. At least I'm not like him. And we get complacent and we get content. And I I had a mentor tell me one time, he said, Corey, when you get to heaven, God isn't going to ask you why you weren't more like Mother Teresa. He's going to ask you why you weren't more like you. Why weren't you more like the Corey Lee that I designed and created you to be? Once again, we all have our own unique gifts, talents, and abilities. We're all called with those gifts and talents. And, and I want to pause right there just for one second, one second. Sorry for chasing the rabbit here, right? But that's the second time I've said that. And I've said that you have unique gifts, talents, and abilities. And I think it is very easy to hear something like that or read something like that in a book and, and kind of nod and, and, and nod in agreement and say, I agree with that for somebody else. but When I say you have unique gifts, talents, and abilities, I'm talking about you, Danny. I'm talking about you, Tanny. I'm talking about you, Charles. I'm talking about you, Carl, right? I'm talking about you. You have unique gifts, talents, and ability. So we don't wanna compare ourselves to other people. We wanna compare ourselves to our potential, the thing inside of you, that thing that is inside of you that is calling you, the calling that is inside of you, that desire. Desire is an unexpressed possibility, seeking to express itself in, with, and through you. We compare ourselves to that. But here's the thing, That, that that's one. The other comparison that we we fall into is we compare ourselves to our current results. We compare ourselves and our potential to our current results. We'll look at what what we're doing. We look at our current results, and we'll say that's all that we're capable of doing, all the potential we have. And we have this inspired idea just come right into our mind. And we'll take a look at this big idea and this inspired idea, and we'll look at the two, and they say, well, that doesn't match. You know, that, that's too big. I've, I've never done anything like that before. That is just too big. But let me ask you guys this. I want you to look around. <clears throat> look around your room. Is your room big or small? And ju- just in the chat right there, type it up. Is, is the room you're in big or small? Big or small? <clears throat> small, yeah, big, small, good. <clears throat> yeah, good, good. Well, it depends, right? <laughs> it depends, it depends. The room I'm in right now, if I take this room and I compare it to my bathroom that's downstairs, then this room's kind of big. But if I take this same room and I compare it to the FedEx Forum where you know professional sports play, then this room's kind of small, right? The room did not change. The height, the width, the dimensions, none of that changed, but what I compared it to changed. So this room isn't big or small, it just is. And it's the same thing with this inspired idea. It's not big or small, it just is. And when we look at our current results and we say they don't match, they're not going to match. These results are coming from our past performance and this inspired idea is coming from our future potential. So our first shift is the comparison shift. And here's the shift, my friends, shift from comparison to calling, comparison to calling. What I'm trying to say to you is become aware of the things you are interested in. Listen to what other people tell you. You have people around you that say, man, you're good at that. And it just, for you, it's just, well, it's just this or it's just that. It comes natural right? Those things that you find natural and people compliment you on, listen to that. Dig in. Find a good friend or a mentor or a mastermind group or accountability partner or a coach who can come alongside of you to help you, right? So mindset shift number one is the comparison shift. Number two, here we go. Number two, the imagination shift. And y'all, I love some imagination. I love imagination. I love ideas, right? We've got three small kids and If they hear the word idea, if they hear the word idea, they just pop up and say, Daddy loves ideas. And I do, man, I do, because every single thing you see, everything you see, first started out as an idea in somebody's mind. The desk that I'm sitting at, the chair I'm sitting in, all started out as an idea in somebody's mind. This webinar started out as just an idea that popped into my mind, right? I can look outside and I can see grass. I can see trees. I can see butterflies and birds and bees, right? All those things started out as an idea in the mind of God. Everything you see started out as an idea. So what's the value of one really good idea? You can't put a price tag on it, right? There's a book I like called Think and Grow Rich. And um, in the book, the, the author, Napoleon Hill, he says that Man's only limitation within reason lies within the development and the use of their imagination. Man's only limitation within reason lies within the development and the use of his imagination. So here's the thing, we all have an imagination and we all use our imagination. Imagination is one of the six intellectual faculties that we all have. We all know we've got five senses, right? I can see, smell, taste, touch, all that stuff. But we also have six intellectual faculties of the mind. And imagination is one of them. And we use our imagination. We can use our imagination uh, to think of worst case scenarios. We can think of all the reasons why and the ways something can't be possible and all the reasons that uh, are, are all the ways that something could go wrong. Or, or, we can use our imagination to create plans and to create solutions and to figure out how, how can the impossible be possible? Um, several years ago, uh, it was probably about two, well, two or three years ago, I guess now, I was at a physical therapy conference and I was flying back. And this idea just whoop, popped right into my mind. And um, when when I got the idea, I was like, oh, I did the whole, you know, that's too big. I don't know anything about that before. I I, you know, I've never done anything like that before. And um, the idea was this three-story mixed-use building in downtown Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> and 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 I said, and I don't know anything about commercial development. I don't know anything about. Uh, commercial real estate I don't I mean how there's probably not even land available in downtown Tupelo right but this idea kind of kept coming back it kept coming back coming back so I started a to toy with the idea. started a to toy with the idea and I said well can I can I do that is that something that I can do and then finally I put a how in front of the can I how can? I. See, how can I triggers the creative use of our imagination. How can I comes up with solutions. How can I says, I know at least one thing that I can do. And as I take that step, the next step is revealed. And as I take that step, the next two or three are revealed. And I can tell you that since then, you know, I've said, how can we do that? And we've got the option on the land. We've got plans and architectural designs, and now we're looking for financial partners, and it's in progress, right? And if you ever doubt, if you ever doubt your ability, if you ever doubt your ability to bring your inspired idea forward, what I want you to do is go out at night, and I want you to look up. I want you to look up at the moon. There are footprints on the moon. There are footprints on the moon. That's when I saw this this painting right here, I was like, oh, I've gotta, I've gotta get there, right? There are footprints on the moon, and I don't know about you, but the goals that I'm trying to pursue can't be as difficult to figure out as trying to put a man on the moon. So here's the shift. The shift is in the use of our imagination, how you use it, recognize that you use it. It's in the how you use your imagination. Mindset shift number three is, uh, I laugh at this one, I wrote this one, the how long will it take shift, the how long will it take shift, I I could have called this a bunch of different things, and actually I did, but um, when I was preparing for this, and I was writing it up, my wife and I were on a, going on a trip with our kids, and if you've ever been on a trip with kids, you know you're going to get the question of, Are we there yet? How much longer is this going to be? How much longer will this take, right? So I named this the how long will it take shift. How long will it take shift? And uh, I heard a story by John Maxwell one time. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of John Maxwell, but he's a world renowned leadership expert, uh, written more on the subject of leadership than anybody else. And uh, he was saying when he was younger, he had heard that if you would just spend five years on any one subject, then after five years, you would be an expert in that subject. You would be a subject matter expert. So he started that. He, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into um, leadership is going to be my, my thing. So he spent five years and as he got going, he would often ask, how long, was this? How long will this take? How much further? How, how long will this take? Finally, he shifted from how long will this take to how far can I go? My friends, this shift is the persistence shift. Persistence. Napoleon Hill, again, in Think and Grow Rich, he says the lack of persistence is a weakness. It's a weakness that is common to the majority of people. And most people, what they'll do is they'll quit at the first sign of opposition. But there's a few who carry on despite all opposition. And here's a real-world example of this. Again, I, I do coaching and training, and one of the first things that we do, if I'm working with someone in an ongoing way, is obviously we want to set goals, right? We want to know where we're going. And um, here's what most people do in goal setting. And uh, I'll give you just a financial, financial example of this because it makes the example easy to understand. So let's say, let's say I want my goal this year is I want to have a million dollars in revenue this year, and that's my goal. My goal is a million dollars in revenue. And uh, let's say we get to June and we're halfway through the year and I'm only at $250,000. We're halfway through the year, but I'm not even close to halfway to my goal. What most people will do is they'll say, well, it's obvious that I'm not going to reach my goal here. And my the, the path that I'm on, the plan that I'm on, uh, says I'll make $500,000. So I'm going to take my goal and I'm going to shrink it down to match the plan that I'm on. My suggestion to you is if this is truly your goal. If this is truly what you are after. You don't change the goal. You change the plan. It's obvious the plan isn't working, right? If you get to June and you're only at 250, it's obvious the plan isn't working. You take the plan and you chunk it out the window, right? Find you a new plan. If that plan isn't working, take that plan and chunk it out the window. You persist without exception into finding a plan that will take you to the goal. I want to sum this up right here. Um, I want to sum this shift up by uh, reading you just an excerpt from one of my favorite books, The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. And this is what he talks about on persistence, okay? He says, I will persist without exception. I will continue despite exhaustion. I acknowledge that most people quit. Most people quit when exhaustion sets in, but I, and you guys, you people on this call, are not most people. Average people accept exhaustion. They accept exhaustion as a matter of course, and I do not. Average people compare themselves with other people. That's why they are average. I compare myself to my potential, and I am not average. I see exhaustion as a precursor to victory. By persisting without exception, my outcome is assured. I will persist without exception. I focus on results. An athlete does not enjoy the pain of training, but he enjoys the results of the training. In Jeremiah, my creator declares that I, I have plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. From this day forward, I will stake a claim on my future. I will continue despite all exhaustion. Here's the shift, my friends, and it's one word. Until the shift is until right number four. Here we go the growth shift, the growth shift. And uh, man, I love this one too. This one is really good stuff. Growth is the uh, I'll tell you this growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better. Most of us think that growth uh, is automatic, but growth is not automatic. I know when we were younger, you know, when we were young kids, we automatically grew stronger, we grew wiser, and some of you guys grew taller. Uh, I got left behind on that, I guess, but as we become adults, we think we carry that mindset into our adulthood, and growth is not automatic. It's something we have to be intentional about, and we have to intentionally place ourselves in environments for our uh, for our growth and development, and um, w- one thing I'll, I'll tell you on, on growth is that what's sometimes frustrating is it doesn't happen in a day, right? We want it to happen like that, but it doesn't happen in a day, but it happens daily in the daily habits and the daily things that we do to, to march towards our goal. I told you guys, we have three small kids and uh, our oldest son, he is an eight year old and he's in the third grade or he was right until they, to everything has been shut down, but he was in third grade. And I'm working with him on his math homework. And as I'm working with him on his math homework, I realize that, man, these kids, these, these young dudes are learning what I learned in third grade, what I learned in high school, right? They're learning in third grade what I can remember learning in high school. And here's my point there, is that change isn't just happening in the education sector. It's happened in every single field, uh, medical uh, industry, and in every single industry there is, change is occurring. And if you're not staying ahead of the change by being intentional about your growth, you're not just standing still, you are getting left behind, my friend. So, when you think about growth, we have to be intentional about placing ourselves in an environment conducive to growth. We know growth is important, but we have to be put in an environment that's conducive to that growth. And if you think about this, think about an acorn. If I had an acorn here and I said, you know what, I want to protect this acorn. I want to put it in an environment that's safe and secure and I don't want anything to happen to it. I can take this acorn and I can set it right here on my desk and I can protect it and allow nothing to happen to it. Nothing's going to happen to it, but it will also because it's not in an environment conducive to its growth, it will never become and, and grow into the potential that it was created to become, that mighty oak tree. Well, just like that that acorn, we have to be put in an environment conducive to our growth. And John Maxwell wrote a book on this called The 15 Laws of, of Growth. And I want to share with you, he's got, um, I don't know how many right here, five or six, seven, um, wait, what? 10, sorry, 10, 10 10 descriptions of what an environment conducive to growth looks like. And I'm just gonna be real quick and share these with you. But number one is others are ahead of me. If you're gonna be in an environment conducive to growth, there needs to be people that are ahead of you. You've probably heard the saying that if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a new room, right? You, You need to find people that are bigger than you, stronger than you, faster than you, smarter than you, because they, their talent level is going to pull you up, right? You need to find people that are ahead of you. Number two is I am continually challenged, continually challenged. I think so many times we get away. Uh, we're not challenged by our friends and family member out of love. They don't challenge us. They, they allow us to get by with our own excuses or or our own attempts, right? And I shared a video I think on social media yesterday where I was at a training and two guys leading the training he said something that friends don't allow other friends to get away with shallow answers and I love that that is challenging each other to not accept the shallow answers right so other people I'm being challenged number 3 is my focus is forward right the past is the past I can't go back and change that I can learn from it but my focus is forward. I'm moving forward. Number four is the atmosphere is affirming. Atmosphere is affirming. The challenge, people being challenged, is all out of love, right? You're being challenged out of love, and you're being congratulated. I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of negative Nancys out there, and if you're in the negative Nancy world, man, that that is going to pull you down and drag you down, and that is not an environment conducive to growth, but in an environment that is, there's affirmation. Uh, five, number five, I'm often out of my comfort zone. We know, we know that growth only occurs outside of our comfort zone. So there's gonna come a time where you're you're standing at a line, it's an invisible line, and you've got a choice. Am I gonna step across the line into the unknown, or am I gonna retreat back? Into what I know. See, the comfort zone isn't really comfortable. It's just familiar. It's what we know, right? So, If I'm going to grow, I need to be intentional about putting myself in situations that are outside of my comfort zone. The next one is I wake up excited, right? You wake up excited. There's no fuddy duddies in an environment conducive to growth, right? You're excited about what you're doing, what what God is doing through you, and the impact that you are making. The next one is failure is not my enemy. Failure is not my enemy. Uh, We all know if you look back at your life, your greatest lessons probably come through the failures that you experienced or what, what we considered failure at the time. And I, I'll tell you this, one, one other thing on failure is, you know, people tell you that experience is the best teacher. Experience is a good teacher, but it, it, it's only a good teacher if you evaluate the experience. The failure that you experience, evaluate that. Dig the nuggets out of. There are lessons in there. There's gold in there, but you got to dig, right? Evaluated experience. The next one, others are growing. So you're not the only one growing. Other people are growing along with you. The next one is people desire change. Change. Change is constant. It's the only constant there is. And, and people desire change because they know there's progress there. The last one is growth is modeled and expected. Growth is modeled and expected. And uh, I, I want to share that, that kind of leads me into what I wanted to share with you guys. We have been really intentional about creating an environment that is conducive to this growth uh, for men, for men in particular, creating an environment that is conducive to your growth and your development. And we call it legacy builders, legacy builders. And let me just ask you this <clears throat> for you what would it look like and what would it be like if you had a trusted board of advisors made up of 10 other men that you met with on a consistent basis? Men who just like you are driven to lead a life of significance and also desire to make a significant impact on the world around you. I mean, you think about that. Just think about that. How much further could you go with with the combined wisdom and experience and their support and their accountability, just how far could you go? And that's what we've created with Legacy Builders. Um, I'm going to be sending this out to you as a link for those that, that are interested in this, but Legacy Builders is a one of a kind mastermind group where we meet with other men who are dedicated their own growth and guys. I appreciate your time. I hope you have a great day. Share with me your comments. Uh, share with me at least one takeaway. Hope you guys have a great day. And God bless. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself, as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself, and change your life? Hey, guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe. Give us a rate and review on your listening platform. And, hey, we value your feedback, and it helps others find us.